everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel, and this is Inspired N15, where we dig into big ideas with the smartest founders and operators we know. In this episode, we will speak with Sridhar Ramaswamy, founder and CEO of Neva, all about the future of search. Sridhar started Neva in 2019 as the world's first ad-free private subscription search engine. He brings with him 15 years of experience as SVP of Google's $100 billion ads and commerce business. Today, Google dominates search with 92% of the market, but there are others from Bing to DuckDuckGo to Neva working to capture users as well. Let's welcome Sridhar after the break. As a founder, I know that acquiring customers is important, but keeping them is even more so. That's what separates the good from the great. As you grow your business and build a great product, Zendesk for Startups helps you build the foundation to deliver great customer experiences. Startups get Zendesk customer service software free for six months and access their exclusive community of founders, partners, and resources. Claim this offer at zendesk.com forward slash inspired and start building lasting customer experiences today. Welcome, Sridhar. I'm so excited to have you here today. And I'm excited to walk through some of the core questions about search, knowing that obviously you have such deep expertise. So let's just start from the beginning. If we look at the broader landscape, give us a sense of what you think search is going to look like in two years and give us a sense of what you think search is going to look like in a decade. Yeah, first of all, Alexa, super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And search is this thing that we all use without really thinking about. It's sort of become instinct that we are going to open up like a browser tab, type something into it, we'll get useful results, we hope, or we speak to our phones. It's our way of just essentially like interfacing with the outside world. Outside of a few apps that we have on our home screen, pretty much everything goes to search. And our thesis is that it is time for search to go back to its roots of helping people find what they are looking for. You know, what started as a well-intentioned way to organize the world's information essentially has turned into a product for advertisers. And so search has just become a more and more unpleasant experience. And so I started this company called Neva uh, to bring search back to its roots. You ask a question, you get the best answer. Search becomes something that is trying to assist you, something that's trying to just like get your life done and not try and get you to buy products either on it or off of it. I love that. Uh, and I love your vision of let's just bring it back to what it used to be, which is serving up the most important information, plain and simple. Let's talk about the impact of current climate and regulatory environment. Um, the past two years have obviously sparked critical conversations around data privacy and information integrity online. What regulatory changes is somebody like you paying really close attention to when it comes to data collection and usage, particularly here in the United States? Yeah, I would say that just like over the past 50 years, like a broader arc, this includes some of the stuff around the internet, but I think it's uh, it's much broader than that on the economy. I think we are essentially witnessing the end of 40, 50 plus years of essentially like government inaction on antitrust. What I mean by that is somehow we collectively deluded ourselves into thinking in the 70s that markets were going to fix all, that capitalism was just going to take care of itself. I think what we are seeing and the tech companies are like the biggest manifestation of this is that large sectors of our economy have just been monopolized. And what is particularly bad in the online world today is that again, we fell into this collective delusion that ads were going to be the answer for all kinds of great content existing. And what we are seeing is now an ecosystem 
um, where every single thing that we do, you and I do online, offline, is being tracked for the purpose of packaging up information for the purpose of targeting us with even more things to buy. I recently visited uh, you know, Europe for the first time in two years for a web summit, and I was so unpleasantly surprised by the unintended consequences of GDPR. Every site that you go to is now engaging you in like this like mental game of convincing you to give full permission for them to do whatever they want with the data. If you pick something restrictive, the next time you go back to the site, they pop up on another thing, essentially hoping that at some point you'll fatigue out and say, ah, just do whatever you want. Um, and so I think these are the kinds of things where the internet needs to get simpler. I really think of online privacy as like what you do with the site should be between you and the site. It should not go to like 10,000 other companies. We need to have simplicity of expectation and simplicity of behavior. And there's none of that today. It's so fascinating and what a sad unintended consequence. I, I appreciate that. Second question on this topic, which is obviously Facebook and Twitter have taken steps to address misinformation on their platforms. What responsibility should search platforms have in monitoring or valuing the results that they display? How do you think about that? I mean, at one level, I think social media platforms and search platforms are a little bit different in the sense of what is the job that they're expected to do. And I think there is a difference even in social media between someone you follow. If you follow like a crazy person and they say crazy things, well, you can argue, well, you kind of got what you wanted. You wanted to hear from this crazy person. But on the other hand, when they employ what you know we call algorithmic amplification, where they take something that is just like hugely attention getting and then show it to more and more people because generating attention is what makes them money. I think that becomes hugely problematic. And so even with social media platforms, I think we need to separate out what are things that people are voluntarily doing versus things that the platforms themselves are juicing up so that they get more attention, so that they get more money. On the other hand, when it comes to search, the traditional position that search engines have taken is, hey, we just like make it easy for you to find the information that is out there. We are not the arbiters of truth. At one level, that is an okay position, but it's also a hugely self-serving position in the context of ad-supported models. One of the things that like you've run into, Alexa, is more and more ads sort of look like organic content. That is the fundamental thing that drives monetization. Shredar, you literally teed me up perfectly for my next question, which is the immediate opportunity ahead of you. And obviously, you know, you founding Neva was because you believe there's such a clear short-term uh, advantage. You said that you believe we're in the final stages of the ads-driven monetization of search. What new revenue opportunities do you think are going to be most compelling in search today? Yes, the problem with search right now and the problem even with uh, you know social media is that ads-driven monetization is exceptionally good at ringing out revenue. It'll shock most people to know that Google makes close to $50 billion a year just on search, just in the United States. Those are staggering numbers. You divide that by the population of the country, you're like, wait, like 150 bucks, like 10 bucks per, per, per living person in our country per month? That's the kind of monetization that is possible with ad-supported search. But the other side of that is that the product gets less and less useful over time. So it is a product that in some ways is like making itself obsolete. The kind of opportunities that we see in search at one level 
as I said, for people that care about this, for people that understand that this is literally the stepping stone to all kinds of important information for their lives. So we think there are a set of people that will say, hey, subscription search is there for me. But they're particularly excited about the opportunity in a professional context. All of us use different kinds of sources at uh, work. You know, we have files stored in Dropbox, or lawyers, you know, access things like LexisNexis, doctors have their own set of repositories that they look at. How do we bring all of that together and bring search back to the point of being like this useful product that lets you get work done as well? With that kind of a lens, with the explosion in all the cloud services that are going on, there's actually big markets, big opportunities to be created here. But the core is still what we call web search, which is how do you make sense of this vast like jungle that's out there called the internet. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to make money if you start out with just dramatically different models than ad-supported monetization. Last question on just this immediate opportunity, and you you uh, signaled to it a bit ago, which is the relationship between search engines and publishers is evolving. Tell us a little bit of how you think about that. Yeah, perhaps this is a historical anomaly, but you know, search engines traditionally have not really felt any obligation towards content that is out there. Their job was, hey, we index your content, we send you traffic, and that's the end of the relationship. We also make these ad products here. Um, you can use them if you want to drive monetization. But what is clear after like now, what, 18 years of AdSense, AdSense was launched in 2003, it's becoming quite clear to most publishers that ad-supported publishing is not a winning construct. It's not going to keep them in business because it drives like this relentless race to the bottom in terms of, uh, of bad content. And part of what I'm really excited about with new technologies and like Web3 and crypto that are coming is it becomes more and more feasible to do the kind of fine-grained metering, um, being able to give out like a penny less or more that is simply not possible with like the credit card supported transactions, which as you know, have like 25, 50 cent overhead per transaction. So it's really all of these things that I think will reopen really exciting opportunities to redefine the relationship between gateway platforms like search and publishers. So we really see much more of a symbiotic relationship between a search engine for customers and great content creators. Our incentives are all aligned. I love that vision of being able to pay a penny or two per article and basically microtransactions that given where crypto is headed. It's closer uh, and closer to a real thing. That's what's exciting. I can see it too. Um, I want to talk about major tech innovation in the category of search. And um, I'll start with voice search. I've obviously found it so compelling. I love the fact that I can talk to devices now. It makes being a busy working mom of three kids a fabulous thing. How do you think about the evolution of voice search and what could be coming? Yeah, I mean, somewhat disappointingly, voice search has seen limited uptake primarily because it's not a great interaction mechanism for complicated queries. What I mean by that is it is one thing to say, you know, hey, Google or hey, Alexa, what's the weather outside? That's a straightforward question with a straightforward answer. But, uh, you know, I, I used to run the Google shopping team. We tried for years to create like a good buying experience. It turns out that something as simple as ordering pizza is like enormously complicated. Well, what kind of crust do you want? 
want? What kind of cheese do you want? What kind of toppings do you want? Like it just goes on and on and on. And so Weiss hasn't been that great. But for one-shot questions, it has done exceptionally well. I love that. Second topic is AI. How do you think AI will uh, interface with search? Will there be such things like a personalized search engine for me, Alexa Von Tobel? How do you think about where that will take us? I think it will just quietly make search a lot smarter. What is really cool about these very large AI models that are being developed is it is bringing this, it's democratizing this technology. More and more people have access to what are pages about, what are the concepts that are there, are being able to summarize pages very, very effectively. So we are liberal users of uh, machine learning and AI within Neva. We see it as a powerful enabling technology that in some sense is like lower the cost of us being a search player and us just being able to get at the same kind of quality that a Google can provide certainly is having a profound impact across all of software. Um, But I think it's search is pushing the technology forward quite a bit. If you look 10 years out, you, you mentioned the metaverse and crypto and a bunch of other things, anything else that you want to get out of your brain to pay it forward to everybody thinking about the future of search, any other kind of unique points of view that you have just given Truly, just this perch that you've had over the last now, you know, many, many years. This is not a unique point of view. I think there are a set of people that are coming around to this view. But if you, again, look back on, let's call it like the internet as it's existed in the last 15 years, we have all collectively helped create it. Yes, Google had amazing engineers, had amazing technology, but it won't surprise you when I say it's you and me and millions of other people like us clicking that really made Google what it is. Similarly, it is you and me tweeting that makes Twitter what it is. What I am particularly excited by is the movement around Web3, which thinks about community and ownership very, very differently. This is like, it's an exciting research area for us Uh, from early on. We have had a passionate community of Neva users that care about the product, that give feedback, that tolerate the words that we have with a nascent search engine that we are building. But part of what I'm very excited about with like Web3 and DAOs is, is this the beginning of a very different kind of relationship where there is now a collective across the employees that are working in a company and really like this user community that in many ways is the heart of the product. I find it super exciting. I actually hope the movement, uh, you know, kind of comes to be. And I think it will take the internet sort of back to its democratic roots just a little bit more and hopefully produce better companies. Sridhar, this has been so delightful. I truly wish I had another hour with you because I feel like we were just scratching the beginning of how your brain's thinking, but we're all rooting for you at everything that you're building at Neva. And just thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Alexa. Your listeners can check us out at neva.com. We offer a generous free trial. We think you'll be very pleasantly surprised by what search can be if the focus is just you, the customer. Give us a chance. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Inspired in 15, and we'll see you next time.